I mean, what better place to start the podcast today than in the afternoon waiting for your hot and ready at Little Caesars? I got a deep dish, deep, deep dish. So I'm waiting and this chick comes over in like a Cadillac, one of the SUV Cadillacs. She like hits this curb all hard. She's all staring at me like I didn't see it. And I was like, no, I did see that. So I don't know, she's probably late showing a house or something from real estate investing. You know? But yeah, I'm just waiting outside Little Caesars. I still got the donut on my car, the spare. Yeah, we're on 5th South and 1100 East right now. The weather is so beautiful, though. Oh, I know what I was... I'm supposed to meet my friend on Zoom in Korea. I got a Zoom meeting. I got a meeting in 15 minutes I got to be at. But I just thought, I'll start it here. I'll start the... Hell yeah. Still got it. Hey, what's up? How about it? Hell yeah, these people are dick. There's this big white truck with, un- like, a lifted truck with big wheels and stuff over here waiting. And this little Caesars just got packed and windy. There was a big lifted truck over there. And the dude just got out. And I want to, I want to say you're. <laughs> I wanted to say those wheels look dumb on your truck. Those wheels are too small or something. I want to say something like just that. It's a big truck, though. That's what everyone was honking about. I'm still out here now. I'm not going in there now. Fuck no. <laughs> it's so packed. Dude, there was nobody here two seconds ago. And now it's like out the door. There's like diesels going over there. People honking. No way am I going in there now. It's so nice out right now. Yeah, it's funny. I was walking back over to my car. And then the dude with the big truck hits his uh, car alarm. Or like arms his car alarm. It's like, oh, okay. I didn't think I looked that suspicious, but I guess I do. I wish I would have recorded it. It's all windy. It's kind of cold. It's such a beautiful day over here. It feels almost like... It's definitely like California beach weather. Fall weather in California. That's how it feels. It's pretty amazing. And only it's going to last for today. I think it's back to like 90 degrees tomorrow. But right now, dude, this is the perfect weather. I should go over there and take a picture. It's kind of like smoky still, though. It's not misty and foggy. It's kind of more smoky, so I'm not going to go over there and take a picture. But it's um, a really nice day outside right now. All right, we're ready. I got my mask on. I got my mask on. Yeah, we got a deep, deep dish.
It was pretty hectic in there. There's some pizza on the ground right there. It was pretty hectic in there for a minute. I mean, there's some business deals going on. This pizza place, this Little Caesars, I wouldn't be surprised if you start seeing some mobsters and stuff, like starting to funnel their money through these pizza places. Little Caesars franchises, too much cash on hand. Watch, just wait and see these little... Okay, Little Caesars, for those of you that don't know, Little Caesars is based out of Detroit. So Little Caesars is super gangster. Except those dudes look like a couple of pussies now. This pizza is gonna taste really good though, I can't wait. I can't wait to get back to my place. I'm supposed to be on this Zoom call though in like five, nine minutes, like really soon. So I'm hoping I can get a couple slices of this pizza in before jumping on this call. Oh, this is where, this is where the apartment is with the purple lights, dude. Yes, it is, let me show you. Hold on, I'm gonna take a picture while I'm driving by. I, that zoom that zoom call I, they just text me I'm like oh, I'm on my way home right now but I gotta get a picture of this where are they at people are thinking I'm a creep but dude they're not on today they're not on they turned them off why did they turn them off dude everything's changed after COVID now they don't have the purple lights no more I gotta race home though I did not take a picture because they weren't on. Now I do want to walk by. Now I want to ask them, hey, where's the purple, where are them purple lights at? What'd you do with those? No, I got to race home and jump on the Zoom call from Korea. I just didn't time it right. I'm like off by like 10 minutes. I just needed an extra 10 minutes. Oh, oh. An extra 10 minutes is all I needed. Pizza boxes are sharp. A little bit too sharp. You could use them as a weapon. Could you imagine being a cop right now, like this day and age, and pulling people over because they didn't come to a complete stop at a stop sign and like writing them a ticket? I'd be like, dude, you, you're so lame. That's what I would say to, to his face. I hope I don't get, basically, I hope I don't get uh, a speedy, or not, yeah, whatever. I gotta go jump on the Zoom call. I gotta, I'll be right back. All right, I think I apologized enough. We might have the green arrow here. No, we don't. We have the yellow arrow. But I apologized enough. I'm kind of tempted to eat this, that clicking sound. I'm kind of ten tempted to eat this right now in the car, but it could really backfire on me. I'm sure the cheese is very... The cheese is probably like super slidey right now. It could slide off. I don't know. Is that, that's a risk I'm willing to take, I guess. I can't stand that clicking sound, though. If I'm just going to be sitting... There's a line of cars. I... 
I've been talking to this girl in Korea for a for a while, since like April. This is like the first time we're gonna meet on Zoom, and uh, I'm late. Okay, here we go. I had to eat. I was thinking I'll be more. No, there goes my phone. I was thinking I'll be more um, in, like entertaining or more like coherent if I had some food I was like dude I gotta eat something I'm not just gonna be all like hyped up on caffeine and Little Caesars took like just a couple minutes longer than they usually do but it makes for good podcasts though because now I'm in a hurry it's a race against time I would have liked to have a couple more minutes to eat pizza but I'm an idiot I don't know. It's just the tire. It's the tire. I'm still blaming the tire. I'm going to get it fixed tomorrow. I decided, yes, tomorrow is the day. I know exactly where I'm going to go. I know exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to talk them down. Like, well, what about these tires over here? What about these chief tires over here? Oh, nobody wants those tires. Dude, I do. Oh, this pizza looks so freaking good. It's still too hot. It's too hot. I can't eat it. Not a lot of people know this, but I'll tell you a secret. All pizza is the same. Little Caesars, Pizza Hut, Domino's, Papa John's. It's all the same, except it's just the dough. Which which dough do you like? That's all I'm going to tell you. That's all I'm going to divulge at this point. I've already said too much. I've already said too much. But a Little Caesars deep dish in Utah costs just below $10. Or maybe right at, it might have been like just a hair, under $10.25, let's say that. This is a deep dish. You get two of them. Pizza, pizza. There's two of them for like $10 on the dot. You get two just little pizzas for yourself, cheese pizzas, and they're hot. Like, I can't eat it because the cheese is too hot right now. But the, they taste just as good, if not better, than Pizza Hut. I have to get home and get on the Zoom call. I feel like an ass. I feel like a giant ass. It's okay. I'm busy, dude. I'm trying to do things. I'm busy. I'm trying to get things done, and it's not easy to be me. There's only one of me. All right, hang on. I made an executive decision to not eat the pizza. I made an executive. I'm not going to eat it in the car, at least. So we're going to go run inside and try and make the Zoom call. We're going to try and run inside, eat like a slice. Yeah. And then jump on the Zoom call. There's, we're good. All right. That's the plan. Oh, I didn't record that. Um, I, I was trying to record the messages to Lordy, but it wouldn't let me. The Zoom meeting was a success. I prompt, well, at least a success as far as no technical difficulties, but I was probably talking a little bit too much as I tend to do when I'm nervous. I was kind of nervous. But it was nice to see her and talk to her. It's been a while. Um, I'm gonna go probably 
Um, I might go for a walk. I just ate a bunch of pizza though, like a bunch. <clears throat> Dude, I ate a bunch of pizza just now. So I probably shouldn't walk far if I do go anywhere. Um, yeah, I probably won't. We'll see what happens. Mr. Bling, will you walk upstream? Walk upstream, will ya? I will walk upstream. That is affirmative. Whoa. It was flooded over here just a couple days ago. Just yesterday. You couldn't even see. The, the, the water was so murky and dirty from the, like just the flash flooding. You couldn't see the bottom. Now it's crystal clear. Now you can see it again. And this is the regular cubic feet per minute CFM. Oh, someone might have actually built a little better of a... Might be a little bit lower, actually, than usual. Yeah, I'd say it's even lower than usual, but you can see it got pretty high. It's like at least three feet higher just two days ago. Yeah, a good meter rise. There's a, easily three feet. And there's big fish, in, or bigger fish. I wouldn't say they're big, but about eight inches. And they weren't here before. I know that much. It's all skittish, so it's just got a lot of these fish and new creatures got swept downstream. And it's kind of interesting to see how they're reacting to their new environment. I don't know if they um, continue downstream or if they go back upstream, because it seemed... It seemed like it was going upstream pretty easily, even though it was shallow. It was very shallow. I didn't want to walk all the way up to Sarcos originally. Well, I figured the weather's so nice. And I had such a good chat with my friend in Korea. I'm telling you, man, like once you get that initial break the ice the first time, I'm a lot more easygoing. It's just that first time I'm so like awkward and robotic. I'm so, I sound so robotic. I'm hello. Hello, Clarice. It's very windy right now. Hello, Cl I missed you, Clarice. I missed you, Clarice. Oh, there's a bottle of water out here. Just unopened. It might be opened. I don't know. We'll never know. It's very windy. It's kind of cold, man. It's kind of cold. I came by here back in like May, the beginning of May, with one of those tongs and the picker-upper things. I got like eight bags of trash out of here and now it's all back it's crazy to see how much is back but the rain brought a ton it looks like and the wind and all that other stuff it's like cans of beer this is behind the medical building but it's always trash back here there's like a yeah there's a red biohazard bag over there that red biohazard bag dude I did that's been there since May because I wasn't going to pick that up was not picking that up. Yeah, it's kind of cold. Might have to be mindful up here for a minute because I <laughs> kind of, for one, kind of cold, surprisingly, man. 
I'm glad I brought this extra shirt that I'm wearing this extra shirt, but this is like Honestly, my hair is cold. It's like it's extreme. I just put my hand on my head to think Do I want to keep going farther? And yes, the answer is yes We keep battling on You wind or not, that's your problem. That's I can try and walk. I'd have to walk backwards But hey, if it's for the I don't know It's pretty windy out here I'll just have to pause it. We'll have to just stay tuned. All right, this is as far as we're going because it's cold. It's actually cold. I'm not going far. My fingers are cold. It's cold. We'll go down there. We'll... It's actually cold. Yesterday was hot, scorching hot. Today, it's like, man, I wish I would have brought my ski jacket with me wish I would have bundled up you're kidding me you know oh there's a big pool over there though I wonder there's got to be some big fish over in that one that looks like a good spot but I'm not no there's a big there's a trail in front of me directly in front of me it's a dirt trail I don't know what the slope would be it's probably a little bit less than a 45 degree angle Probably like a 30 degree angle. And uh, I don't, it's very muddy. It looks inviting. It's not, not that muddy though. It's like, no, that's, I'm not going down that trail. I will slip right there, first step, and all the way down. It'd be crazy. So I am not going. Across? Yeah. There is. Like, sorry, I was just released from a medical procedure and like about 20 minutes ago and my ride wasn't there and so I was a little disoriented so I started walking. <laughs> Jeez. And now I realize I should have probably called someone and stayed put. That's tough. But, no, it's fine. I'll, 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 I'm, I it's, know where I'm at. Yeah, it's kind of uphill. But the, it's the, the cross. Yeah, I mean you're probably better off just going I like. Think I'm gonna go down yeah, or you just even like along, because yeah, so this I, was better. I just thought for some reason I saw people crossing a bridge here, and it was you taking photographs. So. <laughs> no, there is a bridge, but it's up that way. Yeah, you're better off going that one. Yeah, good luck, man. Dude, that's. I hear ya. The weather is yeah, it's cold too. <laughs> it's a very strange day for him. He just got out of surgery. I was like, oh shit. Like I don't have an I don't have a knife, man. I stopped carrying a knife. I used to carry a Kershaw, a USA Kershaw blade on me everywhere. My left pocket. Everywhere. I did. And then I wrecked really, really hard on my skateboard, like really hard. And I realized, had that blade, if something would have, you know, because I got jostled. I was, I was like, had that blade, something happened and it extended and cut into like my artery and my femur, I was like, I would have been dead. So I was just like, I'm not carrying a knife on me anymore. Plus it's just with cop police and stuff like, oh, well, he's... Oh, look, there's a knife in his pocket. It's like, yeah. So I just, like, get shot. I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm not playing that game. Like, oh, yeah, he, he had a knife on him, so... Nah. -uh. He was completely unarmed. 
We found negative money on him. Just a bunch of IOUs. Holy shit. Like, I thought I was crossing a bridge. Like, nah, man, not me. The bridge is all the way up here, though, dude. But he was in, like, an orange... A bright orange shirt. And I was like, did this guy just get off the chain gang or what? I was like, I don't know what's going on. But it was cold for a minute there, so I went over here. That's what bling on the street is all about, though. Those real-life face-to-face encounters that you're just not going to get on your computer. Not in the same way. Not like this. Not this just real, raw, in-your-face podcast, you know? Meeting strangers, getting asked strange questions. Where's the bridge? I just got out of surgery. Where's the bridge at? Like, dude, I don't... I just got out of surgery. I look like I'm uh, just busted out of the jail bus. I'm off a jail bus. Where's the... I just busted out of this army base. Where's the bridge at? Dude, I don't know. I did, however, decide it was appropriate to come venture down on this far and slip in the mud, so... I just kind of want to get away from everyone for a minute. It's so cold over here. It's so cold, whoa. It's August, this is so hot. Anyway, we are away from the water for a minute. We're walking upstream. But I think we're kind of done walking. I'm just kind of turn back. Yeah. All right, now we're in front of the Marriott. And it's cold and windy. Summer was over, winter is here. <laughs> Overnight. That's pretty crazy. That's how it goes. So we're walking up to Sarcos pretty much right now. Yeah, we're doing it. The real deal. Sarcos or bust. Yeah, it's actually kind of cold coming through here. So we went on the side of the... We ran through the side of the Marriott. Now we're headed this way. We're headed towards the bridge that goes over the creek. As the guy was asking about. That was all the way back down that way. Oh, there's another spot over here, actually, I want to look at. Maybe. We'll see. It's kind of all the way over there. It's so cold right now. You have no idea how cold it is right now. And it's raining a little bit, so there's like a wind chill with like cold, like being a wet factor. These shoes just got dry from last night. Same with my pants, too. It's alright. Because we'll walk. We're good. No, it's alright. We're good. It's kind of cold, but we'll be home soon enough. Shortly. I think part of rule number one, it's it goes hand in hand, though, with not hitting someone do not when you're driving don't hit someone but also when you're walking don't get hit 1.1 and rule 2.0 is 
don't get yourself shot by the police. It's, dude, it's cold, man. That's a cold wind. Is that snow? Did I just see a snowflake go by? My fingers are freezing. I swear I saw a snowflake fly by. It's August, dude. It's August 19th, is it? Yeah, man. It's Thursday, August 19th, 2021, and it's like snowing. Almost snowing. It's cold. It's cold. It feels like it's cold enough to snow there. <laughs> it's, I swear, it's so cold. It's freezing cold right now. I know that I've been skiing before and that it's been like this cold skiing. Because this is, it's pretty cold, man. Like, I was not expecting this at all. I knew it was supposed to get a little chilly, like it's supposed to cool down today. But it feels like there could be actual, like, snowflake. It does. I know I'm looking at the ground. There might actually... It looks like there might actually be. But it's like hail. Yeah, that's... I think there might... Under the guise of hail. It's just snow. Like, it's frozen rain. It's freezing. There might be little bits of hail. That's... Yes. That is affirmative. Well... Yeah, there are. There are. It's sprinkled about. There are. I see it. There's some bigger pieces. It's probably going to start hurting, I'm sure. Yeah, it's cold. <laughs> oh, wow. It's so cold out here. It's it's kind of unbelievable. It's got to be like 60 something. Fifty-six degrees. It's fifty-six degrees right now. I don't know what this morning was, but that is freezing ice cold. What happened? It's not gonna get up and. Oh, it's gonna be an awesome day tomorrow and Saturday. Oh, we are in for a treat this weekend. I should go buy a cake. Not in the rain, though. Not in this weather. Yeah, I'm out here, man. My socks are wet. These new socks, I just... These are fresh, clean. I just took a shower. And then went for a walk, and now they're wet. And then my shoes are just dry, too. It's terrible. That was not warm summer, right? That was cold summer, Okay, it's the next morning. I clearly did not post this episode onto the Lord and Blink show just yet. So you guys are in for a treat. We've got another 33 minutes worth of content that we need to come up with right now. I think we're going to take a little walk out to the woods and get started on that. But you guys are lucky today. We're halfway through the show and we still got another half and it's Friday morning. So let's go. My computer was updating, and it said I had two minutes left, and then the power went out again. I started up the computer. It says it's up to date, so I don't, I don't know if it... I don't know. But it's a lot quieter 
here with all of the air off and no fans going. It's almost too quiet. It's eerily quiet. All right, I'm hanging out at this place I nicknamed the Shire back in, dude, this must have been back in like April. That's next to the river. I'm always walking over here. This is a good spot. I couldn't come here for a while because there was a dead deer over there, like a full-on adult deer that had died, and for the longest time it smelled so bad. But no, I looked over, I like peeked over there, didn't go poking around, but I peeked and there's just a lot of bones now. So that thing is fully decomposed and long gone. But uh, the Lord and Bling show, let's talk about it. Where are we at here? Uh, Lord still has COVID-19. And I've reached out to him a few times now. But he's just kind of like, he's feeling better, but he's not. I don't think he wants to do a show just yet. And uh, I'm still just kind of waiting on him. So we'll see what happens. Uh, yeah, that's, that's where we're at right now. I'm over here listening to Story of the Year, the anthem of our dying day, on repeat. Because I'm super, like, emo today. Feeling, feeling hella, hella emo today. I think I'm feeling emo every day. Me and the rest of Emo Nation. But it's good times. It's a relaxing place over here and it's Friday. And I'm probably going to go skating a little bit. Or maybe this afternoon or tonight. Probably tonight I'll go skate. When the sun starts going down. But it's... I'm over here. You know, there's a lot of reminiscing when I'm over here. And there's a lot of thinking about good times and bad times. I think for a long time I was focused a lot on the bad times. And kind of turning a blind eye to the good times. And even in other times when it was bad times, it's still easy to forget just like how lucky we really are sometimes. I know I'm pretty lucky to have what I have and to be where I'm at in my life. Although it's not always a picnic and it's not always like a bed of roses. Dude, I sleep on a bed of nails every night, bed of thorns. But we're, we're getting out of it. We're emerging from this pandemic a different person. And so far, everything looks lined up for me on Monday for this other contract. And I'm like, oh, I got to be thankful for that. Got to be thankful I landed something here. Not having a whole bunch of downtime, I guess. Yeah, I wish Lord would um, come through this weekend. I'd like to touch base with him. But I, I really, I'd really like to find out more about like how he handled Corvid and what his symptoms were like and what it was like. It's probably old news to a lot of people. But Lord's a good friend of mine. Lord and I go way back. Lord, do you want to... Okay, so here's the Lord and Bling show. Lord and Bling special. How we met. Lord and I. And he was in my Spanish class back in the day, Lord was. Like, in the 90s, he didn't know. He didn't... I don't think... So he was in my Spanish class and we were about 13 years old. So that's when I knew who he was. But he said he didn't meet me until probably 
like seven years later. So that's like Lord for you. He didn't pay attention to me, didn't know who I was until like seven years later. And now still, and now even still. No, but we've had, Lord and I have had some close calls together and we're both running in the same group of friends together. And it was kind of by chance that he and I kind of reconnected um, during the pandemic and things. Because I was going through, we were all going through some tough times. But uh, yeah, it was really tough over, over the pandemic. And I kind of ignored Lord back then because I wasn't really into, oh, there's a deer right in the middle of the creek. There's a deer right in the middle of the creek. It's probably that mom deer. There was a mom with like four babies last night. Now, but I wasn't into it. Uh over the pandemic trying to make new friends and stuff I had my own problems to deal with like staying alive but now that things have gotten a little bit more settled down and a little less hectic I started branching out trying to do creative things and lord I know is into like gaming and Fortnite, academics you name it uh, politics lord is well versed in all of those things and I think he could add a lot to the podcast because otherwise it's just me up here going do 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 all day. Yeah, that deer went hopping off down the creek. I did. I've never seen him just wandering in the middle of the creek. What a dumb deer! But there was a whole family with babies, like four babies. They were tiny too. They came running out from this little den and started um, trying to go for some milk from Mama, and Mama was not happy about it. So there's got to be some babies around here somewhere. And now I'm going to listen to Story of the Year, Anthem of Our Dying Day, on repeats for another 10 hours. Stop the music. It's time to start recording the podcast again. We're down deeper into the woods where there's like a sinkhole. I'll try to describe it the best that I can. There is a series of trees out here that make up one large organism through their tangled roots. But there's these little pockets where you have these developments. This one's a big building. And the tube comes out of the parking lot. Just It's a pretty rudimentary draining system, but it, it's probably the only draining system that would work here. So, fine. The problem that it's created, though, is that all the roots underneath are doing great. They're all watered. They're all happy. But above, the soil is very loose. So the water comes shooting out and kind of blasts a hole to where all these roots are. And so now what has gone on over time is it's rained so much that it's, it created this hole. A bunch of debris came back over it on top of it, the roots. So now there's just this like, just an empty hole that gets totally washed out once it rains. But it's a big hole down here but on top you, you wouldn't even notice unless you came back over this way and looked from this angle that you're walking on it's completely hollow over there I don't walk over there so I'm like tell people to say like stay on this side because at some point I'm sure it's sturdy enough to hold people just fine right now but at some point that is going to become unsturdy but the reason why it's still there is there's that trap is there is because all of these trees underneath they don't care what's on top or not they're just trying to survive 
And they're doing just great. Because that root system underground is pretty... If you got caught in there, you'd probably get caught in the roots and then get drowned because all the water rushing by. It would be a horrible, horrible way to die. <laughs> so that's why it's important to look out when you're walking over here in this part of the canyon. And what's cool about it is there's no hole and then there's like this huge hole that you can see like straight down into and then it disappears again. When you go off to the right, there's more debris covering it and then there's another giant hole. So even if you did get out of that one hole, there's plenty more on the way down to the stream at the bottom. And that's why we kind of walked over here. I've never actually gone down there, no. I don't want to um, fall all the way down because it's so steep. Oh, geez. I might fall right now. There's a daddy long legs. Yeah, it's so steep. I've never been down there. I'm not going down there. No way. I wouldn't survive that. Fall into the cold water and then drown. There's probably some fish in there. That fish I saw yesterday, that bigger fish, that eight-inch fish, the bigger fish for this stream, it was not there this morning. He had taken off either upstream or downstream. There's that stupid deer that was there this morning, too, that was coming down the creek like an idiot. All right, so we're going to go stand on the hole. No, we're not. We're going to stand next to the hole. Here. All right, I'm going to not forget that Vietnam video. So I only got to fill up eight more minutes for Mr. Ulysses. What do you guys want to talk about? I think that's probably as long as it takes to get home. I'm going to walk to the studio from here. It's a nice day. Yeah, is that? Yeah, that's not. Yeah, we're going now. It's windy. It's gonna be no. Oh, yeah, this way. Okay. <laughs> I I know what I'm doing. Stop. I you know I'm good. Windy's good. I know exactly where I'm going. Exactly, just like Puerto Rockwell's grave. Oh wait, hang on. I have to turn these stupid things off. Okay, so I don't know where this even stopped at, and I don't care. But the bottom line is this. I think it, when I turn the thing off, it messed things up. Oh, someone got in a wreck over here, I think. But anyway, the cops came out. I was intrigued about this place because I could hear hissing sounds, and I was getting low-flying planes uh, for Lord in Tempe, Arizona. Yeah, Guadalupe, Arizona. Just stupid stuff. And the cops thought I was checking door handles or someone called and thought I was stupid. But that's the police. That, yeah, fucked up shit all the time. I hate all police. And the fucked up shit people lie about, too. People are liars. But that's, that's how it goes. You always have to be on your toes, especially with, like, rookie cops that are all pushy. What are you doing out here? What are you doing? Dude? You can tell when they're nervous. Like they're all cowards in there. Yeah, I don't know what happened over here. 
It's usually not that much traffic over here. There's this Porsche though right here that drives by. That's totally just like raced out. Oh damn. The cops are over there too. Yeah, the cops are over there and they look pissed. I think what happened was this person rear-ended. Are they in a Mercedes? That makes sense. Their airbags probably went off. Or is that an Acura? Still makes sense. Yeah, so this video that I'm gonna close in closing, in conclusion, this is a video of Vietnam where this dude sees all this messed up stuff, but it's, it's, it's pretty, not, it's not too bad. It's more of just a intellectual sort of thing. Yeah, Lord sent it to me. He's like, would you play this at the end of the podcast? And I said, oh, sure, Lord, I, I can do that. I was, I'll do that for you. Oh, I might make this light. Hang on. Please, dear Lord, please. It'd be such good timing if it turns green. Oh, I think we got it. I think we got it. All right, but the thing to pay attention to, we got it. Of course we got it, dude. I know exactly where I'm going at all times. I'm like, exactly when to get there. All times. I have like an internal compass that's exact. Like a sundial. There was, um... At the cemetery someone's headstone it says I only count the sunny days on a sundial and I was like oh that's creative because that's true it's creative because it's funny because it's true where are we at 42 we're almost there so this one pay attention to the part where in the, the Vietnam clip the Lord wanted to he wanted to contribute something because he felt like a total deadbeat that like we went ahead and made this podcast and got rolling without him and uh, he's just like now he's just kind of enjoying the ride for free and then he's like well I should probably contribute something so he's like hey bling you know that Vietnam thing stuff you're talking about I'm like yes I do of course like, yeah, you're all bummed out about like yeah that will you put this clip in at the last 15 minutes for me please because I'm still sick like, well, you don't sound sick and the girl in the background doesn't sound sick either Oh, that's my daughter. It's like, is it, Lordy? Because, uh, sounds... <laughs> yeah, it sounds like you're at Golfland Sunsplash just having the time of your life out there. Skipping out on work. Yeah, infecting the wave pool with your virus. Could you imagine someone with COVID-19 in the wave pool? Everyone gets infected, dude. That's how they made COVID-19 was a giant wave pool in Wuhan, China. The wet markets over there. Yes, it is. That's how they made it. That's how they got the virus. It was a giant wave pool full of people and bats. And they all just got sick and they were like, okay, everyone. And they're just like, Whoa. it was like packed. The wave pool was packed. 
like packed everywhere. It wasn't a square inch where like it wasn't like slimy, gross people that are sick. Everyone was sick. That's how they made it. And they're like, all right, guys, I think we've got the perfect virus. It's like it's just heavy enough to kill some, but it's not. You know, the kids. They'll probably live through it. Yeah, here's the cops. I think, I don't know what kind of car that is. Oh, maybe. Dude, I do not like police. I don't like police. I wonder if that's a rookie. He's ready to shoot everybody. Pay attention to the part of Vietnam at the end of the clip, towards the end, when he says, like, once I had this date in mind, once I knew it was this day that I was getting out, that's all my life to no qu- no more questions, no more any of that stuff. Just like, from this point on, all I have to do is survive until this day. And I think that that's kind of how this podcast is for me to fill an entire hour every day, which I'm pretty sure I missed yesterday, the merits. No, I think I can get it within a 24-hour period or something, yeah. I have to read the contracts that Lord forgot to read. I hope you guys enjoy the clip, though. But once you have a date set in your mind of, like, if I just survived till now, for me, if it's, like, if I can just make it till Christmas this year, then hella freaking hallelujah. But Christmas is still four months away? Four months away, pretty much exactly. So I still got four months to... That, this is my, yeah, my Mount Everest right now. Getting through these next four months. But I'm in the same mindset, just survive. Don't ask questions, don't go against the grain. Don't do shit. Don't, like everything is fucked up. So just fucking go with the least amount. The path of least resistance for four months. Are you kidding me? That's like the hardest thing for me to do. I overcomplicate everything all the time. That's my specialty. That's what I'm good at. It's like you got a simple problem that needs to be overcomplicated and like messed up even more. We'll look no further. Because bling is on the job. Hell yeah. Feel better, Lord. Thanks for listening. Well, when I got to Vietnam, I... I literally expected to be welcomed with open arms by the people of Vietnam. I had in my head the black and white newsreels I had seen on the Walter Cronkite 20th century show of the American troops rolling through villages in France and being showered with wine and flowers and kisses. And as we were driving down, uh, a guy from the battalion I was assigned to picked me up in a jeep at Da Nang, and we had to drive the 20 miles to where my battalion was located, and I I really was uh, disappointed that there weren't people standing along the road waving to me and, you know, offering me flowers and things. I really expected to be greeted as with open arms as a liberator, and it was as as though I was invisible, as though I didn't exist. and that was a little perplexing. Moreover, it was, it was, uh, they looked funny. And they acted funny. I mean, just riding along in this Jeep the first day I got there. They lived in little straw huts and they had animals in their, in their backyards and uh, they weren't like us. 
they smelled bad. The whole country smelled bad. You could smell it. It, was, it hurt the nose. Um, and that was disturbing. And then I was there for about, on the third day I was there, this guy who had picked me up in the Jeep, uh, a corporal who I was ultimately going to replace, uh, he and I were in the battalion intelligence section. We were sent down to the uh, tractor park, the amphibious tractor park, to meet a bunch of detainees. It was our responsibility to take care of prisoners, and detainees were a classification of civilians. They were not combatants. They were, they were, uh, they could be detained for questioning, which is how they were, why they were called detainees. Um, and Jimmy and I went down there to the track park, and two tractors came in. They had a whole bunch of uh, Vietnamese up on top. They high, flat-topped vehicles, about eight or nine feet tall. And as the tracks wheeled into the park, uh, the Marines up on top immediately began uh, hurling these people off. They were bound hand and foot so that they had no way of breaking their falls. Um, and they were old men, women, children, no young men. And I... I couldn't believe these guys were treating these people this way. And I, I turned to Jimmy and said, I grabbed him by the arm and said, what are, what are those guys doing? These aren't, these are, we're supposed to be helping these people. And Jimmy turned to me and he looked at my hands on his arm, I sort of took them off and he said, Earhart, you better keep your mouth shut until you know what's going on around here. And I think it was at that point that I realized things were not quite <laughs> what I was expecting. Um, it went downhill from there. And again, I can't even begin to explain in the space of time that you have uh, all of the things that went into it. But I began to understand, you know, it became obvious that the enemy was the very people in these villages around us, and we were in a very heavily populated area at that time. Um, they were the enemy, or at least the enemy was out there somewhere, and we couldn't tell one from another. And day after day, our patrols went out, uh, and we ran into snipers and mines, and snipers and mines, and snipers and mines. I saw four armed enemy soldiers the first eight months I was in Vietnam. And yet our battalion during that same period of time sustained 75 mining and sniping incidents per month, over half of them resulting in casualties. This is for a unit of about a thousand men. But there was no one to fight back at. And you begin to think, these people are the enemy. They're all the enemy. And then you go through villages and, you know, you get sniped at and so you call an airstrike in on the village and the whole village goes up. Or you go through a place and you search it and you burn houses and blow them up. Um, you know, the common perception, the notion I had when I was in high school was that it was the Viet Cong terrorized the Vietnamese population, uh, forced them to fight against the Americans on at pain of death. What I began to understand in Vietnam was that they didn't need to do things like that. All they had to do was let a Marine patrol go through a village. And whatever was left of that village, they had all the recruits that they needed. Um, 
I began to understand why the Vietnamese didn't greet me with open arms, why they in fact hated me, but of course that didn't change the fact that, that my friends were getting killed and injured every day, and, and the only place that you could focus your own anger and fear was on those civilians who were there. Uh, so it was this self-perpetuating mechanism. The longer that we stayed in Vietnam, the more Viet Cong there were, because we created them, we produced them. Um, none of that distilled itself into the, the clear kind of expression that I'm presenting now. Um, what I began to understand within days, and which became patently clear within months, was that what was going on here was not what I had been told. What was going on here was nuts, and I wanted to get out. I knew if I were still alive on March the 5th, 1968, they'd stick me on an airplane in Da Nang. We used to call it the Freedom Bird. And I could fly away and forget the whole thing. Turned out not to be quite so easy to forget it, but that was the notion. And, and certainly for my last eight, nine months in Vietnam, I ceased to think. I quite literally ceased to think about why I was there or what I was doing. The sole purpose for my being in Vietnam at that point was to stay alive until I could get out. Then the reason for that is that, you know, the kinds of questions that began to present themselves were just, the questions themselves were ugly. And I didn't want to know the answers. It's, it's, like, it's like banging on a door. You knock on a door, and the door opens slightly, and behind that door it's dark, and there's and there's loud noises coming like there's, like there's wild animals in there or something. And you peer into the darkness and you can't see what's there, but you can hear all this ugly stuff. You want to step into that room? No way. You just sort of back out quietly, pull the door shut behind you, and walk away from it. And that's what was going on. Those que the questions themselves were too ugly to even ask, let alone try to deal with the answers. Now, part of what was going on is that I could not have made sense of what I was seeing and doing in Vietnam because I did not have a full deck of cards. I needed to have an understanding of the political and historical realities that brought us to Vietnam before I could make sense of what I was seeing. I began to acquire the other cards in the deck during the three years or so after I got back from Vietnam, but while I was there, nothing made sense because I kept trying to, you know, play this game with 27 cards instead of 52 cards and it kept not coming out right. And I didn't know why. All I knew was that it was nuts. I mean, it became, it became clear within three or four months that my reasons for being in Vietnam were were not clear. I mean, the, this notion of defending the people against these invaders from North Vietnam, uh, the people hated me. The Vietnamese people hated me. And it was perfectly, uh, that was perfectly clear. I mean, people didn't say good morning to you. People didn't, <laughs> I mean, people hated me. Um, I know that other people's experience, some other people's experience was different, but uh, in my own experience, the Vietnamese people hated me and I gave them every reason to hate me. I beat them, 
I sometimes killed them. I destroyed their houses. I destroyed their crops. I destroyed their fields. I destroyed their culture. Why in the hell should those people like me? And I could see that I was doing that. And I could see that nothing we were doing was having any impact on the war itself. You know, the funny thing about Vietnam is that I, I was getting Time magazine every week. It came in the mail. I could read about my war even as I sat in the middle of it. And I would read about what Lyndon Johnson would say and what McNamara would say and what Rusk would say. And I could look around and see that uh-uh, I don't know what war they're talking about, but that's not what's going on here. We actually had an incident happen where one of our line companies uh, stumbled upon a, a fairly large uh, cache of uh, Viet Cong weapons and ammunition. And I read in the Stars and Stripes, the daily newspaper that we received, this, this little action actually made it into the papers, and we read that we had set the Viet Cong effort back by at least four months in our area. Within a week of that article appearing in the paper, within, within 10 days of the incident itself, the bridge, 150 meters in front of our battalion compound, was dropped by Viet Cong sappers. An Amtrak coming in from uh, the horseshoe area from one of the line companies uh, hit a 50-pound box mine. Several men were killed. A bunch more were wounded. A patrol out at Fukrok Bridge was ambushed. Several people were killed. Several people were wounded. I mean, nobody told the Viet Cong that they'd been set back for four months. And yet this is what you're reading in the newspapers. This is what you're being told back in the United States. I could see that, that the war went on day after day after day interminably at the same pace no matter what we did. I'm wasting your film. When I, when I left Vietnam, uh, I was, at the time, I was, I was in the midst of the Battle for Way City during Tet, 1968, February 68. And I'd been up in the city for two and a half, three weeks. Um, and I knew that my day was, was coming, but I wasn't sure when. And at that point, we weren't thinking about things like that. Um, and we were in the middle of a, of a, a low-key firefight. We were exchanging fire with uh, some guys across the street from us out along the, the eastern uh, the northeast section of, of Hawaii City, um, what was left of my unit, the scouts, uh, about six of us, and a jeep comes hauling up the street along the river and uh, whips into this little compound where we were and says, Earhart, your orders are in. Let's go. It's a lieutenant, my boss, and I... Uh, stood... Uh, well, I didn't exactly stand up, but uh, I immediately began to strip off my gear and distribute it to the other guys who were there and said, so long, see you back in the world. Got on a jeep. Last thing I saw of those guys, they were laying down covering fire for us. We burned our way back down the street. Uh, there was a chopper sitting on the LZ. I got on a bird. was up 3,000 feet above Way City 10 minutes after. I knew I was on my way out. 
and uh, went through some processing. I ended up, they yanked me out early because my, one of my older brothers by this time had arrived in Vietnam and they arranged for me to spend a couple of days with him. Um, and I got back, uh, I got back in early March, was, came in at night, went through more processing, a place called Treasure Island in San Francisco Bay. And then uh, I was free to go, and I had I was st still had time in the Marines. I had a month's leave basically before I had to report to another duty station in North Carolina, and I got a taxi, and there I was, my first view of the United States, and I was really I could hardly wait, and it was absolute impenetrable fog. We came across the Oakland Bay Bridge, couldn't see ten feet, couldn't see anything. Um, got to the airport. There was part of what affected my coming back. I was happy to be alive. I was excited, but at the same time, I was um, very ambivalent. I was I was afraid, partly because see, I had a girlfriend when I went over there, and uh, in September eight months after I was there I got a Dear John letter from her and I kept hoping that I'd be able to fix this up once I got back and uh, I did not know what kind of, and that that woman that girl had become the focus of my life while I was in Vietnam she had she had ceased to be a real person she'd become this icon um, and then of course she had sort of you know <laughs> said take a hike and but you can't just let go of of a vision like that of the thing that has kept you going. Uh, so I was scared about all of that. I didn't know what I was going to find when I got back. Finally, got back to the East Coast, 